Well, Beatrice, uh, thank you for uh, being on the journey. Um, this is our uh, uh, the journey is um, a podcast and video cast about transformation. Mm -hmm. And so everyone that comes on, uh, we want to just hear their story about how, uh, if they've had setbacks in their life or if they've had uh, different types of things that they've had to overcome. Um, it's really about just ordinary people and how they've um, really just transformed their lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I know, uh, I've gotten to know you a little bit over the last <laughs> couple of years. And, yeah. and I think I first met you when you were in um, some musical theater yes. um, productions with my daughter. Yes, and, Sierra. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so before we jump into the theater and and, and how that's impacted your life, um, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what, what do you, if you have an opportunity to have fun, and because I know you're you're a mom, mm -hmm. and that takes a lot a lot of your time. But mm -hmm. what what do you do for fun? I love singing. Okay. And I, uh, like I said, I love. I I used to love. Um, Going to the gym and doing okay. some, I got, we were talking earlier, I got some MMA training, okay. fighting, and okay. going to the cage, and that sure. was fun. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look like it, but yeah, yeah I did yeah, it. <laughs> so, well, well, let's talk about that. So, how did you, how did you get involved with uh, mixed martial arts, and how did that all come about? Well, well, that's a little bit, a little bit of a backstory. I'm from Puerto Rico. Okay. Okay. And um, you were born in Puerto Rico. I was born and raised. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So and so was my son, and yeah. when he was two months old, he had a stroke. Okay. And so you know, me trying to get better medical care for him, I decided to um, make the move to the states. Oh, so, all right. So so how long ago was that now? Uh, 2008. Okay, so you've been in, in 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 the United States since two thousand eight. Yes. Okay, and did you come? And where did you first come to when you came to the United States? To Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah, okay. with uh, family, some okay. of my mom's um, sisters. All right. So so they they were there already established in yes. Philadelphia. Yes. And how long have they been in Philadelphia? Them. Yeah. Ooh, over thirty years, I okay, think. Okay, so they've yeah. been there a long time. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, so how long were you in Philadelphia? For about a year. Okay. Yeah. So it was just you and your son? Just me and my okay. son. Okay. And I, and I forget, your son's name is? Evan. Evan. Okay. Evan. All right. So it was just, it was just you and Evan. Yes. And left Puerto Rico, and he was mm -hmm. a baby. I mean, well, he was two and a half years old. Well, two and a half years but old. But he had the stroke when he was two months old. Okay. And, um, yeah, we were in and out of hospitals for about two and a half years. Okay. And, you know, I just decided that it wasn't good enough there it's sad to say but it's medical care that down there and i, I don't know i don't want to offend anybody but it's the truth okay um medical care in puerto rico is not good and i think it's just it got worse after uh the hurricane maria okay um yeah. so i decided that you know for his you know that it, it was in his best interest for okay. me to just leave, right. and so, it was hard. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so tell tell us just a little bit about because mm -hmm. you were how how old were you when when you left Puerto Rico? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about what was life up until you until you decided to leave. Puerto I uh, well, I'm the oldest of four. Okay. And uh, my mom, my dad, we um, well, you know. We're low, low, lower class. We're poor. Okay. We usually, um, most of the time, we had like secondhand clothing, clothing, and or toys or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't really realize that part of our lives, I guess. But because you know, it, we were happy. Mm -hmm. You know, we, it was a good. I don't know, like a good family interaction, even though you know. The culture is more of a, uh, pa I, I can't never say this word, patriarch? Patriarchal? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it was more the dad, the male. Yeah, was, he's the dominant and yeah. mom was submissive and, okay. uh, and I was never that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I was more like a rebel because, you know, how in that kind of culture, you know, sons are... Um, a little bit more uh, higher on the... On yeah. The, on the order. Okay. Yes. So, even though I was the eldest, 
my dad didn't have his son yet. Mm. He came on the third round. <laughs> so he was your he was you had a younger you had a younger sister and then and then my brother, then brother. and then another little sister. Okay. So he got a son, but he got another three there that <laughs> keep him on his toes. So okay. Um, and he taught me everything that he would teach a son. Okay. So. Like, I know how to change the oil in the car. I know how to, he taught me how to drive. He taught me how to do all these other things. Like, that was a time when he was building our house. Mm. So I was the one mixing the concrete. <laughs> okay. He would just supervise, sit there and look at me and, and teach me what to do. So, sure. okay. um, it wasn't a bad, um, it was a very humbling racing like mm -hmm. like he, they that how they raised us mm -hmm. and i really appreciate that now because okay. it taught me that material things are not everything sure right. and so it, it was a good life okay yeah so okay um <clears throat> i did have uh some like everybody does i think i uh i i did have to overcome some bad things that happened when i was a little kid okay like, um, is, uh, <laughs> like I, I was uh, sexually molested. Mm. I was molested when I was a little kid. That's okay. actually one of the, um, actually is my first memory of anything. Okay. Because um, I can't remember anything before that. Okay. How, do you know how, remember how old you were? I think I was four or five. Okay. All right. But that was, I think I come, come, Oh my gosh. Compartmentalized? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Second language problems. Yeah, yeah. I can't really remember some words. Um, <clears throat> uh, because family life and that, it was just completely different okay. boxes in my head. Do you oh, know what I mean? Right. Like, I was happy with my family. Mm -hmm. But that part, it was like a black cloud. Okay. over sure because i never talked about it to anybody until i was like a teen okay and um, was that yeah. was that a, a family member or a friend of the family it was a neighbor i, neighbor. I don't want to that's okay you don't have to he, say a name you know i don't you know it, he um he's dead yeah right now uh he uh committed suicide mm, okay. um but it was somebody close okay. really close okay and the reason why i asked that question is because uh, um as you know, um, you know, started Shatter Silence, mm -hmm. suicide prevention, yes. and but one of the factors that lead to that darkness is sexual assault, and yeah. and eighty percent of the time, mm -hmm. at least the research shows, that um, individuals um, who've been sexually assaulted before eighteen, um, eighty percent of the time, the perpetrator is someone that they know, um, mm -hmm. a family member yeah. or a family, a friend of the family or something. Yes. And that increases that shame, mm -hmm. um, and increases that the the, the tendency towards secrets, yeah. the fear. If I say something, what what will happen? Yeah, because I felt because I was a you know a girl. Yeah. I guess because even if you're a little girl, it's still your fault in mm. in that type of a culture mm -hmm. down there. That's how I felt. That's how because um, I think um, my grandma when she. I think she suspected something was happening, but in, in the conversation we had, I felt that she blamed she blamed me mm -hmm. right. for it for me letting it happen. Like I was, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> like how am I gonna defend myself? Like right. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even know what he was doing. You know, right. like it didn't right. compute till I was a teenager, mm -hmm. and you know when you go, you're in school and you're like with a whole bunch of other kids and yeah. you have sex at like sex ed right class and um and that's when i you it was like wait a minute you put it and that's when everything just came crashing down mm, okay because i became so enraged okay because of it mm -hmm. and that sent me through a rabbit hole <laughs> okay so, yeah. so so really from 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 when you were a little young, from from all growing up until your teenage years, mm -hmm. when 
when the memory started coming back and you and you started connecting of what what had happened yeah. that that was really when everything the anger just, yeah and, everything and came up like the volcano okay and so that box just got broken wide open mm -hmm. and before that the, it was kind of put in a box and yeah because it was like uh, I didn't know what, what it was yeah and I I you know being innocent you know you, you just don't think about it mu as much mm -hmm. I guess um, and it wasn't un until later that I I realized what had happened to me and and I still kept it the secret okay. but it was just my attitude that changed okay. I was just a different person it was like like a, like, like <laughs> I call it a beast <laughs> <laughs> it was born okay. then and when you remember back to that time period and that and the anger mm -hmm. and the and the injustice right, mm -hmm. uh, of what happens, um, but you still had to keep it under wraps. Yes. And in, in which, of course, is because I was still going to get blamed for it. I mm -hmm. felt. Okay. Uh, the, the mindset it was so different than than I. I think it was the time because I think when I talk with other people that has been through the same thing up here in the States, they tell me the same thing. Yeah. It, it was the times. Yeah. It was still not talked about, everything. It was hush-hush. And, um, yeah. And if it's, it's, if it happened to you, it's your fault. Right. And I, I think you're, I think you might be right about that is, even in your own, just talking to other people that, yeah, you could you could initially say it was because of the culture mm -hmm. and the patriarchal yeah. culture and, and the, that could yeah. but in reality is as you came here and that and talked to other other yeah, women the people that have and other people that have had it, mm -hmm. it also was kept as a secret. Yes. And that blame, that fear mm -hmm. or, or what does this mean about me? in that element yeah. of what I happens. felt like I had no worth. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had to give back at men as much as I could. Mm. Um, I felt like I had to get my vengeance mm. in a way. Okay. Not that I could do much, <laughs> but yeah. Sure, sure. I, that's, that, that was my thinking then. During the teenage years? Yes. Okay. Right. And um, and that's when, you know, you feel like you know everything. Yeah, and of course. Yeah. My parents don't know anything, and they are so, like, old school, and oh, my God, you know. Uh, teen teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's when I got a boyfriend, and yeah, and that's when I, I moved out of my house looking for that freedom, mm. um, because I was a girl. I had to be protected somehow because I couldn't protect myself. And so that was, yeah, that that was, that that was, was the thinking that, that the girls message. can't protect okay. themselves until unless they have a man by okay. their side. And they're like, okay, I'll just find me a guy, <laughs> be his girlfriend, or go live with him, and then I'll be protected. And then you can move out. Yeah, and then I can move out and be free. And okay. oh my God, that was so wrong. <laughs> okay, so that 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 wasn't the good door to go through, huh? <laughs> no, no, because that's when, um, because I was so mad at the world and at men specifically, it was. Like, that's when actually, like, domestic violence start started. Okay. But it was from both. I can't not, I can't blame just him. Okay. It was both-sided. Both-sided, you know? okay. So. Because you were so angry. Yes. And you would. And I would just go physical, okay. too. And he was, he was the same, you okay. know. Like, he would get mad and hit me. Okay. I would get mad, hit him. Mm -hmm. And it was. I, I, I'm no angel, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and ab about how old were you at this time? I was 18. You were 18 when you m met him? Decided to And moved out? Leave. Okay. Yeah. And, and that lasted for six years. Six years. Mm -hmm. Okay. So until you were 24 ish? Yes. Okay. And that's when I met um, my son's biological dad. Okay. And because of that attitude I had, it didn't get better. It actually got worse. I was like, I don't. I'm gonna move on with this other guy. <laughs> so you left the one guy. I left for in, and I got pregnant, and 
I had my son, and he wasn't Evan's biological dad. He had his own demons because mm-hmm. he, he, he drank a lot, and um, he actually went uh, kind of like, he had a lot of things that he needed to work through. Okay. He wasn't a bad guy, but he still had things that he needed to fix on his own. Okay. You know, you can't fix anybody. Right, right. You, they have to want to be helped yeah. or they want to have to, they want to have to, you know, they, they, they have to want it to change. Right. Um, I, I can't change anyone but myself. Did he say he want, did he say that he wanted to change? No. Oh, okay. So, no. he, so he didn't even, was, he didn't he even was, use the words. Uh-uh. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> he, um, he just was in the, in the uh, I, I just want to have fun and drink. Oh, okay type of mentality mm-hmm. and you know he already had a daughter but that didn't pan out because of the same pattern that he okay. he was used to right so and then I came along and did the same thing <laughs> okay. I guess and I had a bait I had Evan and he he was he was fine mm-hmm. until he hit the two months so Evan, uh, Evan was fine. Yeah, uh, he was born. Born, born fine. And pregnancy time, was fine. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and then at two months he had a he had a stroke. He had a stroke. And he was born with a condition called Wolf Parkinson White. Okay. Is a heart condition. It's make it makes your heart. Um, ha- like it's like it, you're born with extra wi- wires, like electrical wires, so okay. it makes your heart pump faster. Okay. Like uh, tachycardia type of uh, disease, I think it's called, or, or syndrome. I'm not sure. <laughs> sure. Um, and he he had it at the hospital because I took him. He had bronchitis, so I had to take him in. Mm-hmm. And six days after, he had the stroke. They didn't know he had the heart condition okay. Okay. because it's not something they test for. Sure. So they think a, a clot went to his brain okay. because of the... The, the the heart wasn't pumping blood right. Okay. So. And so he was actually in the hospital when he had yeah. the stroke, though. Mm-hmm. So that was probably, I'm assuming and that's that a good time, thing. Well, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, because I was telling the nurses, this is not right, it's just bronchitis, you know. He's getting worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And I remember that's when the other beast came out. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, it's, 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 it's a long story. Um, you were trying to get them to get. You were trying I was to get trying them to, to get them to listen to me, yeah. and I remember this nurse told me, um, "Oh, it's you're just overreacting because he's just he's your first kid, and mm. all moms do this." And, and and the day after he had the stroke, and I just wanted to choke her. Mm. Like, I have to be honest yeah, about it. Yeah. I just wanted to. When they told when the doctor told me he had a stroke, and I'm like. I don't want to offend anybody, but it's like, what do you mean he had a stroke? Like, 80-year-olds have strokes, right. not babies. I had right. never, ever heard right. of a baby ha- having a stroke. I've heard of uh, uh, CP, mm-hmm. which happens in the womb, mm-hmm. um, but I had never heard of a baby, a baby being born having a stroke, and that's another sort of... Um, that just sent me tumbling down another yeah, okay. emotional roller coaster because um, I had to be the strong one. I had to be the one that was there uh, holding him down for them to poke him everywhere mm. and um, having to consent for them to sedate him because he wouldn't sit still for CT scans and MRIs and um, this and that and doctors checking him and nurses poking him and 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 me being the way I was it was it was just like it was again I had to switch my brain into more boxes like to divide my 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 mind into okay this is the mom 
box. This is um, the girlfriend box or whatever, and this is the daughter's box because I had to deal with my parents too because they were devastated Mm. because of that. Um, So my box started getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Like I started to just disappear Mm. in a sense. Because you had these different roles or these different boxes and you had to be the the girlfriend or whatever, the mom, the daughter. And this was your... Your dad and mom's first grandson, grandson, first grandson. It was is, no, his third, but it was the one that was, like, with with kind of with them. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, because my sister, even though we lived in the same town, you know, she didn't have a car, so she couldn't travel as much. Oh, okay. So it was, and it was a little one too. So mm-hmm. it was the youngest. Mm, um, okay grandson so um, I mean I'm not they all love the, them all the same but sure, so yeah. it, you know you know it's the baby it's yeah. it's the newborn it's yeah. the yeah. so and it's there's something wrong there's something going yeah on. there's we something don't know going what, on we yeah and, and we don't and know what's happening and they so don't know why it happened right so and I, I remember there was this one time when the doc he 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 went into the tachycardiac mm-hmm um, because it wasn't controlled, the okay. Wolf Parkinson White. Um, and they had to cardiovert him. I, I think that's the right word, where they kind of s- stop his heart, restart it. Oh, sure, <clears throat> yeah. And they do that with medicines. Um, so when they do that, you cannot be in the room unless you're really you're quiet. And my mom was hysterical. <laughs> So I had to kick her out of the room because if, uh, and I, I, I got kind of like rough with her because if you don't shut up, <laughs> they're going to kick me out too and I'm not leaving. Mm-hmm. So I had to just push her out of the room mm-hmm. uh, and so that I could say, um, and it's all seared in my brain. Yeah, there, there's definitely things as parents that we should never see. Right? Yeah, but and I still wasn't gonna leave them alone. You're right. You're right. So I, I was gonna be there no yeah. matter what. And so, so this is when this is right after he first had the stroke, mm-hmm. and, and, and I was in and out of the hospitals trying to get his heart rate under control because it would go into the normal heart rate for babies is probably 115 if that. Uh, but his would go almost to 300, wow. and I would have to take him because there was no way I could set it um, bring it back to back, yeah. bring it to rhythm at home because right. they used a type of a medicine for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was like constant traveling to the hospital, wow. and I had a whole bunch of machines at home and. All the alarms sometimes go off at night, and it was. And now, were you working at this time? No, no, I, I had to stop working. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, so then, fast forward. Um, I'm got Evan's dad was still in the picture, or he he was, and then he told me to leave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so okay. Uh, he said, "I don't, I don't even know." Uh, he uh, he said, "Why don't you just leave?" And I'm like, uh, "Okay." So I called one of my cousins in Philadelphia out of anger, because of course, you know, when you're fighting, <clears throat> I said, hey, "I need your help. Like, I really need your help." And um, and she said, "What do you need?" Okay. And they like within a month, I was. In Philadelphia. Okay, so he was thinking move out down the street, and you uh-huh. said no, I'm moving. No, to I'm moving. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm going to the states. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, because it was the best decision for. I, I I was thinking about it, for the, but me thinking that okay, he needs me too. Mm-hmm. Um, me trying to fix somebody who's mm. doesn't want to get want who doesn't want to be fixed. You know, he doesn't right. want to help. You're right. right. So. <clears throat> Yeah, he, I was like, no, I'm leaving, so okay. bye-bye. <laughs> so so that <laughs> that led you to Philadelphia, right? mm-hmm. 
And and so what was what was that like when you first got to Philadelphia? What was that experience? I loved my I love my family so much. Okay. They received me with open arms, and yeah. they helped me with Evan's uh, appointments. They helped me with Evan's to get him Evan his um, all the help he needed, okay. like financial help and um, his um, doctors therapy, um, everything. Okay. My my cousin helped me with everything. Okay, so th- so now, even though you loved your mom and dad and, mm-hmm. and, you, and your siblings and stuff, but now you're getting a completely different level of support than yes. you were back in Puerto Rico. Well, it was they if they had if they could they would have. Right. Um, but again, medical care in Puerto Rico is just not the same right. as up here because we're not a state. Mm-hmm. Um. So that kind of plays a role into how medical care is managed. Okay. It's so, a, and that's a whole fascinating... Cause yeah, it's... it's We're a state... We're part of the USA, but we're not... Uh, what's the word? So is it We're ter- not enti- entitled to any of the... All the helps that mo- all of the state states do. Right. So as so, a territory, it's not... not getting, you don't have the same... Benefits. Yeah, exactly. As, yeah, as a state. we don't. And that's no. and that was after the recent hurricane. Oh, that was that's a whole another story. Yeah, yeah it's that's it's horrible. Yeah, because there's still houses that have nothing. There's still people that have nothing. That's what I've heard. Down there, down there, and it's 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 horrible because we are American citizens, right. and it's not that we're begging for things, but you know, if this tragedy had happened anywhere else, it it would have. I think the response would have been different. Sure, yeah. And I, I blame the government for that. <laughs> so not this, not up here, but down there. Oh, the Puerto Rican yes, government. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. So, so they, okay. So they're thinking yeah. that they. Well, we can probably get into that another time. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so you you were in Philadelphia, getting a ton of getting a lot of support from family. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the medical care is different now. Yes, it was but, so much better. And you're getting help. You're not doing everything yourself, and so you're getting some assistance um, in, in you know some help from other people, bringing to appointments and mm-hmm. different things like that. And then you came to the Rockford area. How did you go oh, from Philadelphia to Rockford? How did that happen? It was my husband. Oh, okay. So you met your husband out in Philadelphia. Well, actually, I met him online. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, and he, he, he's from here, from Rockford. Oh, okay. And, right. uh, I, yeah, we clicked. It was crazy. Okay. And, uh, like, two months later, I moved. I did a background check on him, though. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to because I couldn't bring my baby into another bad situation, even though that seemed crazy. But I tried to do the best I could okay. to make sure he was safe. Okay. I wouldn't bring him sure. around anybody else who wasn't worth it. Sure. So. And so, how long have you been here in Rockford? Uh, ten years. Ten years. Yes. Okay. So, so two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we've been here for ten years, and um, and, and I forget your husband's name is Chris. Chris. Okay. And so you and Chris have been uh, together for for that time for period. About, yeah. For about ten years. Mm-hmm. And um, and what do you what does Chris do for a living? What does he? What He's the laborer. Okay. So, oh yeah. Uh, so he likes to work outdoors and. Okay. And, and when you say labor, is he uh, is it uh, construction or, or carpentry work or is it it's, iron worker? Or? It's uh, he used to do the um, what's that called? Uh, it's like pipe, like the manholes oh. and stuff yeah. and the roads, yeah. and he used to do that. And now it was just general labor. And now oh okay, kind of like um, just the construction, yeah. Yeah. helping okay. the the the. The guys in the machines, I don't. Yeah, yeah, the big, the big heavy yeah, machinery. Yeah, yeah. So, so but there's <laughs> it's really good job and yeah, really good benefits. Yeah, and, and good physical work too for him. Yeah, so good. All right, and now, now I, I know a, a big part of your day and part of your job is taking care of Evan. Mm-hmm. Do you work outside the home right now? No, no, I can't. Yeah, because of because mm-hmm. his his medical needs have continued. Yes, he's severely disabled. Okay. He's thirteen now. Okay. And he doesn't. He's nonverbal. Okay. He um, 
he still wears diapers uh, because of the stroke. He doesn't have use of his left hand. Okay. He he does walk. Okay. He learned how to walk when he was seven. Um, very very delayed. Mm-hmm. He um he does do some things like pick out colors and numbers and letters, but it's it's very very minimal, like a toddler. And is he enrolled? Does he go to school? Is he enrolled in school? Is he in a school? No, for I homeschool. You homeschool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. It's it's way easier for okay. us, and he because he his brain is not doesn't work the same as ours. Mm-hmm. Like I would, well, maybe somebody normal, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> he his immune system is compromised, oh, okay. so he used to get sick a lot. When okay. he was in school, which is a big risk. Yeah, and yeah, it was like every three months he'd catch something, okay. and it was like in and out hospitals, and mm-hmm. again, and all the therapies and all okay. the, everything. It was just too much, and that's when I moved to Rockford that year. I, I kind of crashed. Okay. Uh, in two thousand nine, because that's that's when everything hit me all at once. Okay. And thank God for Chris, because he took over. And he he, sh- he he showed me he showed me that the there there are men out there that that the, there's there's somebody who will actually do what they're supposed to do, okay. and he so much so that um, he adopted Evan. Oh really? Yes. Okay. And how long ago yeah. was that? That was in two thousand thirteen. Okay. 13? Yeah. It was, a year, no, 14. Uh, a day before he, Evan's birthday. Oh, okay. Uh, right. And almost a year after we got married. Okay. Interesting. So okay. It's a big deal. Yeah. He, big he, he, he was like, yeah, that's my baby. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, when you have those moments of, yeah, this is the guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't know. You yeah. should be, you. You'll be this D girl. <laughs> yes, yes, true. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <clears throat> he was at the hospital. We were at the hospital, Evan and I, because he had another episode. Um, and we were just new. The relationship was really new. And uh, he would stay with us at the hospital all day, all night, go to work from the hospital, Go home, take a shower, go get something to eat for the both of us, and go back to the hospital, stay the whole night, and go back to work. Mm. He no no his biological dad never did that. Sure. So. So then you knew. I knew. Yeah. You knew. Was that yeah? He loves my son. He loves he loves Evan, and and that was the most important part for me. Okay. Like, um, there's nobody I love the most mm-hmm. than Evan, and I say that. As boldly as I can, yeah. I the he's the only the he's the he's the love of my life. Sure. And uh, Chris was the cherry on top. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. So it was. He was amazing. So, so you're, what I'm hearing you say is that online dating can work. It yeah. can work, yeah. You just have to do a background check. Yeah, I see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just to make sure. Okay. So, yeah. so you earlier you you had talked about uh, had had gotten involved with mixed martial arts mm-hmm. and and had gone to Del Rosa's uh, yes. studio mm-hmm. and so uh, and this was uh, how long ago was that? So you've been here for ten years. Yes, and that was around two thousand and ten. Oh, okay. So it was right after I because when Evan got sick and I got depressed, Evan uh, Chris kind of took over for me in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because I, my I, my depression was so severe, I couldn't get out of bed. Oh, okay. It was it was it was it was a physical pain. Okay. Like it wasn't even that I was just that. I was, I felt defeated. And that's but when you were here. That's when I was in Rockford. So had you ever had that type? Not of type of a breakdown ever in my life. So no. in in maybe. <clears throat> Tell me if you think this is true. Is that maybe the only time in your life up to this point that you could have? Maybe, yes. I think I could have. Because that's when I found out that I, that's when I realized that, 
Chris was who he said he was yeah. and that I could I could depend on him. Yeah. And I, I should and I and I and I didn't have to be the strong one mm-hmm. anymore. Okay. You know? So you could let your guard and I yeah. Okay. I didn't have to put this front of like I can do it on my own, okay. you know, all the time. Okay. And that's when everything just came like Sure. Well, you've been you've been putting that 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 wall up, that guard, you know, that guard up since mm-hmm. well, how we started the story yeah. way back when you were a little little girl, yes. four or five years old, mm-hmm. didn't even know that's what was going on, Mm-mm. and then and then when you became a teenager and did realize what had happened, yeah, then it took even more energy to keep yes. everything in those boxes, yes, and and then of course after Evan was born, well, the relationships. Yeah. That you were involved in, and then and when when Evan after Evan was born started having medical conditions, mm-hmm. then you had to step up and yeah, I had to be both parents, right? Essentially, um, which wasn't hard for me. My mentality back then was, I don't need a man to do anything. Sure. Um, that was your angry face. That was my angry <laughs> face. I don't need a man to do anything, and I can do it on my own. Right. Um, but the reality is that nobody can do anything mm-hmm. on their own. And the isolation was crushing. Mm-hmm. Because back then, nobody was really going through, nobody that I knew <clears throat> was going through anything remotely similar to right. to to that, yeah. to what I was going through. So I couldn't relate to anybody. Right. And uh, so I had to be like, no, I'm, I'm okay, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Everybody would ask, I'm okay, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. We're getting through it, I'm okay, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what was happening, I was okay, I was fine. <laughs> sure. So when I met Chris and I, I saw the way, the, way, the way things are supposed to be, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it changed my mentality and all those boxes that I had kept, they all just shattered and I just broke down because mm-hmm. I couldn't handle anything anymore. And in that small period of time, right. I, I had, I needed to get help. Okay. And I needed, I needed, I needed to heal. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's, it's been, it's taken me years. Okay. And, yeah. s- and so, so part of that, t- tell us a little bit about that uh, healing process. Did you, did you work with a counselor? Did you work with? Uh, I didn't want to work. Oh <laughs> yeah, because I, I felt it was odd to just talk about things, personal things with a stranger. Sure. So I didn't do that yet. Okay. But what I did do, my, what Chris, actually did for me was, he, there was one of these nights he came up and he got the mail, and there was a Rock Valley College continuing education thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, catalog. Yeah. So he said, hey, they have a songwriting class here. And he knew I sang and played the guitar. Okay. I come from a family of musicians, so I, I was like, eh, I still had that. I don't want to do anything. Right. I am tired. Yeah, depression does that. So... He said, I'll pay for it. Don't worry about it. It's done. You just have to show up. I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And in that class, I met one of the guys that used to do worship at the church I currently go. Okay. So we became friends. Uh, And he invited me. So I was looking for that. I was looking for answers in the spiritual mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. The w- trying to get my whys yeah. answered. Yeah. Why this? Why that? Right. Why my son? He's yeah. an innocent. I would have understood if it was me yeah. because I am. I was an adult, you mm-hmm. know, doing all sorts of bad things. Um, <clears throat> and he said, yeah, I go to this church. The pastor is really nice. And he's real down to earth. And he's... 
he's a fighter. I'm like, he's a what? <laughs> he's a fighter. Because I never, I couldn't put the two, two and two together. Okay. No, he just goes to this gym. And he he works out. He's an MMA fighter. And I'm like, what the heck is MMA? <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right. And, you know, he explained everything. And I was like, ah, what do I have to lose? Okay. And I went. And I never left. Okay. And that's where I met um, his sister, who knows Ellen Mahan. Okay. And that's how I met Ellen. Okay. Through through it, her name's Nanette Frenson. Okay. Um, and that's when I started going to voice lessons with Ellen, and well, she introduced me to, to to all this amazing world of theater and. Yeah. So, so um, the church. What, what's the pastor's name? Uh, Tim Ramsden. Okay, Pastor Tim. Okay. Yes. And uh, I've, I don't know if I've ever met Pastor Tim. I've like yeah. heard about him yeah. through a handful of different people yes. that have either trained at Delos's uh-huh. uh, studio, and um, but I've heard some great things. What's the name of the church that Pastor Community Tim? Bible Church? In We're ba- on uh, Blackhawk and Thirty Fifth. Okay. Right now. All right. So okay. it's it's a nice family church. It's we're not one of those big um, mega churches. It's sure. not. It's not that way. Okay. It's, we know everybody. We interact. Everybody interacts with everybody, okay. and um, it's like a family. Okay. I love my church. Okay. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. And so, so that was be, that was another part of that healing. Mm-hmm. And so, it, once again, Chris <laughs> was, was pushing yes. uh, for you to. Uh, he knew that there was something more inside you than than this depression was covering up. Yeah. And and so he didn't know what, but he went with this. He was just trying to help me, yeah. you know, like just like this, kind of like the same way. I I would try to help, uh, you know, my my other partners, but yeah. they they didn't really want the help. Yeah. And I see how much Chris. He was doing it just, it was this, I, I can only t- say that it was the love of God in, in him. Mm-hmm. And he would, like, he would be like, nah, no, no, it wasn't that. Because he wasn't really, uh, <clears throat> he wouldn't go to church or okay. anything at all. But sure. you could see the love he yeah. had for, for me and for Evan. Yeah. And and he was just, he's a big guy. He's like 6'1". And he's big a big guy. guy. <laughs> and... But he's, he was just this big teddy bear to me yeah. and to Evan. And, and I couldn't say no to him. So. Sure, sure. So I, I did. So, so you, I yield. Yeah. <laughs> so part of, because I know a lot of times when we're angry, right, and the depression lies to mm-hmm. us, right, That's I think that's one of the, the, not only does, I think, depression can come in many different forms, but not only does it zap our energy and has a physical piece and takes yeah. away our energy and our motivation, but then it can lie to us mm-hmm. and, and take take something and distort it, right? Yes. And um, and so that anger that you had, um, but but somehow you surrendered that. Maybe it probably began with Chris, mm-hmm. and yeah. and that continue and with your family out in Philadelphia, how they had helped. Yeah. Um, and some of that started melting away, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you go. You went to church mm-hmm. um, with Pastor Tim, and you met his sister. Yes. And yes, and then that. she connected you with Ellen. So yes. now you're taking voice lessons. Mm-hmm. And that was years later. That was after the all the MMA thing. Okay. That I got hurt, and I, I decided not to go back. But oh. I should go back. Okay. It would Maybe be eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and, it, and like we were talking about before, just the yeah. idea of being able to start doing that movement again, mm-hmm. um, even if it wasn't, you know, the same exact, you know, fighting again or whatever, because maybe you're in a different place now yeah. than you were then. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was good back then for you to... to uh, Have that release. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. And, and it, it was an anger that I needed to release mm-hmm. with violence. <laughs> sure. Oh, my God, that's so, so bad to <laughs> say, but it's the truth. Okay. It was it was it was like that. Yeah. I needed to release that that way. Yeah, and and so, so and and it doesn't. We don't do a lot of it anymore. But in therapy, we talk about that being experiential therapy. Mm-hmm. It's therapy through movement and yeah. healing happens through the movement. And mm-hmm. um, 
because you can't use talk therapy with everything. Mm-mm. There's there's some other stuff that uh, some energy that needs to be released. It yeah. needs to be released from a way down deep mm-hmm. in, your, in your guts. You just need to f- be to to feel physically exhausted mm-hmm. to just kind of just go okay okay yeah. I'm I feel better now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to think anymore for a moment. Yeah. yeah so. I just breathe. Yeah. I remember for <clears> me. Um, there was times when I would do that with a heavy bag, but mostly it was when I was back when I was training in bodybuilding, it would be when I would do certain exercises mm-hmm. and we would do the exercise until we either started, started blacking yeah, out yeah. or, or you would throw up. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I knew at that moment that whatever I was fixated on in my head, um, would disappear. Yeah. And for that moment, there would be a release, and then and then on the back side of it also was all the endorphins and all the other chemicals that yeah. were being released. Um, yeah, for me, it was the, the everything that I couldn't talk about yet. Mm-hmm. And some I would somehow see the people in my head when I was doing the whatever physical activity and just get more angry and angry and... and, and, and actually do the exercises that way yeah so that I could just exhaust myself right. to the point of like yeah I, I can't hit so that was I can't punch anymore <laughs> I can't kick anymore yeah. and just kind of pass out in a way but, yeah so that was a big that was yeah. a, a part a big part of your healing even before you started verbalizing mm-hmm. what what it what it that, I think that's the hardest part ever. Yeah. The, the verbalization yes. of it? Yes. Why do you think that was the hardest part? Because the way, like I told you, my dad raised mm. me. I He was, um, you know, we don't cry. We don't, even though I was a girl, <laughs> uh, we don't. And I try to do everything like my dad did. Mm. And he, I would never see him cry ever. So mm. why would I, mm. you know, or he would never talk about problems so why would I okay so everything got fixed by just not talking about it just sweeping it under the rug or just oh it'll go away okay so here but it never did so and trying to open up and talk to somebody about it Mm -hmm. that that was really hard for me because I it was it meant that I had to be vulnerable, and I didn't like that feeling. The feeling of being vulnerable? Mm-mm. Because you do a great job of it now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you do a great job yeah. of it now. What What do you think was the, the fear before about being vulnerable? Uh, being perceived as weak. Oh, okay. And I'm not weak. No. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. So there's that perception yeah. that if I what what's people what 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 are people gonna think about me mm-hmm. if I let go if I cry in front of people if I tell people what happened to me mm-hmm. um, if I tell my story mm-hmm. they're gonna think oh this girl is damaged goods mm-hmm. like there's no fixing that mm-hmm. so judgment that was my fear and it still is sometimes yeah. it's still. It's still in the back of my head. Do you, because some of that, I mean, Chris knew lots of your story. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, he knew everything. He, he knew everything. Yeah. And, but he didn't judge you. No, he loved me. Yeah. He loves me. And so that must have been uh, the beginning of kind of breaking down some of those walls. Yes. And and, and challenging some of that perception mm-hmm. of and I understand that completely. I'm, I was yeah. very much the same way. Mm-hmm. The last thing in the world I ever wanted to do. I mean, I had a psychology degree. Yeah. But the last thing I was ever going to do was talk about my stuff. Yeah. You know, because I could talk about it to here. Yeah. Because uh, this is the stuff that I just told people. Yeah. yeah. But the stuff way down, Mm-mm. because of the same reasons. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be judged, uh, fear, or, yeah. of being perceived as weakness, mm-hmm. or, or being weak. Yeah. Um, and that vulnerability was the was definitely the scariest element to that. Yeah. Um, so, so there's something I want to. So there's a certain thing that, um, that always when I think of you, mm-hmm. um, it, was it maybe a year ago or so, um, and and I remember watching you perform at a couple different shows yeah. for for Gateway, mm-hmm. um, and and always enjoyed just your energy. 
Oh, and then, thank you. <laughs> and then we were at a recital a year ago. Yes. And um, and you sang a song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was at that time beginning to think about um, this artist out of ashes and the idea of how art can help individuals yeah. um, heal and transform. And so that's that idea of uh, an artist arrive, you know, coming out of and transforming out of the ashes of of whatever's happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And you sang this song mm-hmm. from The Greatest Showman. Yes, and, this is uh, me. This is me. So tell us a little bit about what that what that song means to you. Because when you sing it, you like own it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's a story of a girl that sings it. Mm-hmm. She's like me. Mm-hmm. She is not your typical actress. That you know she is, you know, is a little overweight, or and she, she doesn't look like a model, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and the way she, when I saw the, her video, the way she sang it, she had so much passion for that. It was like I had never seen anybody ever perform the way she did. Yeah. I was like. I want to do that. Yeah. I want to be that. I want to be like that. So when the opportunity, because Ellen, for her students, she does a recital every, After the end of the tw- like twice a year. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's the song I was going to sing. Yeah. I'm going to sing it. And and the message, the message of the song, it was like, yes, I'm damaged. Yes, people through everything they could at me i'm still standing i'm still here and i'm stronger than ever and that was me in a way yeah. and yeah. i i i love the song and yeah. that when i when i you know because you have to run it by the boss Is ellen she, yeah, <laughs> yeah. she said oh yeah let's sing it okay so, but I, I I didn't really know your plans about the the, the what you were gonna do about uh, the artists out of the ashes uh-huh, yeah. event. I just wanted to sing a song with meaning. Yeah. You know, and 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 that's 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 one of the things that I kind of it's one of my um, like I won't sing anything that doesn't have a positive message. Sure. Yeah. It because it, it drains uh, it drains energy out of me if I try to sing anything that doesn't up you know I I want to make people feel good about mm-hmm. themselves yeah. I want people I want people who hears me saying to relate right if they if they you know are going through any through any bad thing and and feel like they can rise above. Whatever it's right. going through, in you know whatever they're going through, um, and come out on top. Right. So. You know that <coughs> you wouldn't have known this about it, but the first time I, I I'd heard the song before, but like on the radio or something, mm-hmm. you know, like in some kind of format like that, and um, and then when you sang it, the story is was like this is what I want and then the way you sang it and how much yeah. passion you had at that recital mm-hmm. it wasn't until about a month later that I actually see the movie oh, The okay. Greatest Showman so so when you talk about the story I didn't know the story yeah. I, I just knew heard the song mm-hmm. and I didn't actually even know this is how I didn't know <laughs> this, I didn't know they were connected and I didn't know her sto- that yeah. whole aspect of the story so um and then that evening, mm-hmm. um, of all the different performances, that was your performance. Your story before the performance, your performance was by far the highlight of the evening. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. And you, I mean, that was the feedback that I got from from people that came that night, um, and that was one of the things that they would from tell the me artists, from the audience. From the audience, yeah. That was the that was night one for me was so surreal. It was like it was. It was one of the best nights of my life, like, and I have to thank you for that, because when it, I f- it felt like I was floating on air, like, just to have like 
the girl from Seventeen, <laughs> Mimi yeah, Murphy, just yeah. tell people my a little piece of my story. Mm-hmm. That was huge. I was like, here I am, little girl from the mountains in Puerto Rico, and this girl is telling my story to mm-hmm. this other bunch of people, and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. So it I. It was one of the best nights of my life. And you knocked it out of the park. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So you did a did a phenomenal job, and um, so as we, so I have to ask you, what uh, of any of the musicals that you've done, um, and you've been in a handful Mm -hmm. of musicals, Mm -hmm. what what was one of the musicals that you liked the best? What was one? I have to say, Thumbelina. Okay, all right. But the one that got me into everything was The Little Mermaid. Oh, and there's a l- little funny backstory there. Okay. Because Evan had had a bad night the night before I signed up for auditions. Okay. And um, we were delirious, Chris and I. And I had heard that Ellen was doing auditions for The Little Mermaid. Yeah. And I wanted to be Ursula. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I didn't get it. But um, I remember signing up for the... Uh, audition online and I panicked because I was like what did I do and I was trying to find the delete button because I didn't want to do it and I could not find it so I had to go to the audition I was and my husband was like oh you have to go now you're not quitting you're not deleting the audition you're going and I'm like okay but then I got so scared for some reason like I didn't because, I, again, I didn't want that judgment yeah. on me. I didn't want the bullies yeah. after me. Um, and I did audition. I got the part, and I had so much fun. And yeah. then after that, I, I believe it was Thumbelina. Thumbelina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah in Thumbelina's story, um, uh, Andrew did an amazing yeah. job. Yeah, I, a- I believe it yeah. with all my heart. That was the best story ever. And and the message of it was beautiful. Yeah. And I was Sierra's mom. Yes. Yeah. I was Thumbelina's mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you guys did so, a phenomenal job. Thank that was, you. That was a great, great job. It was it was just a story of her not fitting in yeah. and then finding out that she was even better than uh than um she thought she was. Yeah. That she was the savior of yes. uh everyone and and not to like judge yourself so harshly yeah because you don't know yeah. you know your qualities are unique to you yeah. so maybe just maybe your story can inspire someone else yeah. and save them mm-hmm. or at least make them think about their own decisions right. so you know, it's it's interesting that Thumbelina, Thumbelina, maybe like somebody else here, yeah. compared themselves to other people. Yeah. And that's why she was so harsh on herself. Mm-hmm. But the, the the crux of it was her finding her own heart song. Yes. And and finding that, um, you know, that that place where God's within us, within you, mm-hmm. and, and then being able to just um, own who you are. Just yeah. you have, you have your. You have every single human being has a magic. Uh, that's what I call it, magic within them. Mm-hmm. And when people let others' judgment in your head, it clouds that. It it it, it darkens it. Yeah. It 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 um, stains it. Like, and you don't shine right. because you have all these. Voices in your head telling you you're not good enough, you're ugly, you're fat, you're this, you're that, and you know what? Maybe I am ugly. I don't. Maybe I am fat. Yeah, I am fat. So who cares? Yeah. I'm a human being. Right. I have love in my heart. I have these other things that I can do, and I'm gonna do them regardless of what you say of me. Yeah. So, just be brave and yeah. do what you love to do. That's, I, you just have to uh, get out there. And, I, and, <laughs> and I, it's scary. It is scary. And, and, and finding a vehicle like you did at different time periods, one was the, 
the mixed martial arts, the mm -hmm. songwriting, um, learning, you know, taking singing lessons, taking a risk, and being in um, being in a musical mm -hmm. um, and performing. Right, those are yeah. all risks. Yeah, and there's always temptation to turn it down. Yeah, you know, to not <laughs> and um, yeah, because I had never, you know, I had never that before, you know, of course. I had sang my whole life, but I had never done theater. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know the first thing about it. And when I signed up for Little Mer it was panic. Sure. I was trying to find that delete button, <laughs> and I could not find it. Yeah. But it, I think it was the best thing that I didn't find it. Yeah. Because it, it brought me to a whole other, it, it opened so many doors for me to meet so many other people, yeah. loving people. And after that, that's when I started going to counseling. Okay, okay. To KP, okay. and um, it, it, it helped a lot, because it, it made me talk. Yeah. It made me speak about what I what was going through. It made me not be afraid of um, what others are gonna think about me. Right. What, okay. She went through this, she went through that. Well, there's many people that went through the same thing. Yeah. And unfortunately, they listen to those bad voices and they're not here with us anymore. Right. So I'm not gonna be one of those people and if I can help someone else not be one of those people and help somebody stay, yeah. I'm gonna do what I can to reach out and um, and do as much as I can possibly do, sure. being a special needs parent, yeah. um, to help. Well, I definitely so. think you do that. And <laughs> not just through your singing, but through your story. Thank you. And, um, and then, of course, when you can combine it with a song that you're singing, it's about that story. It's thank even greater. <laughs> but um, I also wanted to uh, wish you happy birthday. Oh, thank uh, you. And uh, I want to yes. you know, thank you for coming on the journey today, as, especially being your birthday. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the, this was a treat you know, <laughs> for me. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was I, a good birthday present. Well, well, thank you. But yeah. actually, it's been my pleasure and a treat for us and all, everyone listening for you to be here. So, uh, Beatrice, thank you very thank much you. for being here. Um, and, thank and you for inviting me. All right. Thank you. Um, thank you for uh, joining us today for, to hear about Beatrice's story. Um, this is Beatrice Lovin, and hopefully you'll be able to see her soon if you're in the Rockford area when she's going to be performing um, uh, sometime in the, in the future. And, um, and join us next week uh, where we have another episode of The Journey. Thank you. <laughs>